Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Brian Flaherty, my man, what's going on? Mr. Chesser, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all the listeners. <laughs> I like uh, I like the good morning when it's like 2.45 p.m. Well, That's you good. You never know when someone's <laughs> listening out there. That's right. That's right, man. It's uh, no, it's good to be with you. Uh, round three. Third time's the charm, right? Nobody's been on Elevate three times. So you're the first. That is what a does lot that to live up to, my friend. So here's what happens. So it's either it's either you're really good and we're just going to keep riding that momentum or it's our third revision of the first round. What are you thinking? I hope it's the former and not <laughs> third time. And we're just trying to finally get it right here. <laughs> I know. I know. But we were reflecting on, you know, obviously how far we've come since that first time, yes. both of us individually, collectively and so forth. Um, that was two years ago. Um, now, obviously, you and I have done a lot of different things. But life has changed drastically as well. So, man, uh, give me a sense. Catch Elevate Nation up on what's been going on in the Flaherty household. Obviously, you've been welcoming new babies, new children into this world. But give us a sense of what's been going on with you. Yeah, it, it is fun. Before we started recording, we, we talked about that. And two years on some level seems like not that long ago. But it's probably a good metaphor for, for what should be happening in life. We are, we are very different in a good way than we were two years ago, both personally, professionally. So I, I like starting it out like that. That's great. Um, it's good to be back. Uh, always fun to talk to Elevate Nation. But like you mentioned, my wife and I were blessed uh, to welcome a third child into the world three months ago now in April of 2021. We're recording this here in the middle of July. So we have three under five. Uh, we have two, for those that didn't listen before, I have two little boys, ages four and three, and now baby girl this time around. So again, my wife and I are very blessed. Our kids keep us very humble at home and also remind us what we're doing this all for, man. And in the midst of all the fun we're having at work, I get to go home and have the same type of craziness and fun on the home life as well. Yeah, I love it. And they're giving, you actually are getting sleep. Like you're Mary Catherine, big shout out to Mary Catherine because she's sleeping through the night. She's like this queen baby. So big, what's the big deal? Shout out to Mama Bear. Mama Bear <laughs> gets all the credit for that. But yes, again, we are, we are blessed and humbled uh, at the home front. Kids are Kids are sleeping. Brothers are acting like they should. Uh, they love sister one minute, off to the next. You're <laughs> off to the next thing, the next minute. And I feel for her first boyfriend in the future because they're already <laughs> super and overprotective of her as two older brothers should be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, it's been really cool to, to watch you guys incorporate her. And obviously it's just been so natural. And you guys are impressive as parents. I mean, ultimately, obviously we do what we do in real estate for an outcome. We talk about that all the time. It's real estate is a vehicle towards creating outcomes that you want in your life. That's why I wanted to start there. It's like, hey, what's 
what's going on at home, what's going on with the family, what's going on with the things that are most important, because obviously to you and I, like, man, we're driven beyond belief and we're going to continue to push. We're going to continue to raise the bar, but ultimately what's most important is what's most important. So man, is there anything else that you would add to that? No, there's no doubt about it. And, and I think, you know, the more going on at home, at least for me, that's more fuel in the tank for what we do at CF Capital and say, man, this is, you know, everything we have going on at home is fantastic. It's good, but I'm the dad, I got to provide, like it's time to go and it's time to present opportunities to our listener base and to our investors. So it all compounds on itself. Um, And we're just in a, we're in a very good place right now. Yeah. And before we talk about, you know, some of the stuff that we've been doing with CF Capital, because obviously you and I, we, we actually a year ago, about a year ago, we sat down and we kind of talked about what CF Capital is all about, our philosophies, our core values, you know, really what our outlook on the market is and our approach and our business strategy and all these kind of things, which is culminating. It's becoming a reality. There's been a lot of things that we've accomplished recently and so forth. And so we can talk about some of that. We can also talk about some insights that we see in the marketplace. But before we talk about that, I think that the personal stuff is important. And I want to get people a sense of sort of how you live your life personally, how you you know, dedicate yourself to your own evolution, how you lead others, whether it's in your family or otherwise in doing that. But we started with children. We started with family. I'm curious, would you be able to share a little bit about your philosophy or maybe not philosophy, but just your approach on managing the family life? Because this is one of the things that I think is really cool about what you and Channing do. Big shout out to Channing Flaherty as well. She, she always, She'll send me text, by the way. Uh, she'll say, oh, I listened to this, that, and the other, and I loved this. And so I got to give Channing a big shout out. So Channing, if you're listening right now, just know we're, we're giving you big cheers. But uh, Brian, this is a really long-winded way for me to ask you, you know, about like the home life and managing your family. And, you know, you almost look at your family and not in a sense of lack of love, but you almost look at your family as like a business in a certain way. And it's like, it's its own unit. So could you talk a little bit about that and how you, how you view that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it goes back to intentionality and there's going to be a lot of crossover that we can probably talk about today, both personal wise and business wise. Um, And again, it gets back to being intentional about the outcomes that we want to have. And again, you can you know, you see this, you see this in everything we do at CF Capital, but we see it on the home front, like you're talking about. And we are very intentional with what we want to do with our children and the opportunities we want to provide them. But also we, my, my wife and I, we look at one another as we're almost like partners. Like you said, we are the uh, partners in the business together, the business of raising our family. And we're all in, we're all in sales to a certain degree and we're selling our kids on, you know, the straight and narrow in life and kind of leading the good life. But we've been, you, you talked with Katie in one of your previous episodes about incorporating kind of the weekly meetings and, yep. you know, the, the monthly and the quarterly goals and three year and 10 year. Well, Channing and I were, were blessed to realize we needed something like that about a year ago now. And we went out and we planned out our 10 year and our three year plans, our one year, and we back it all in and we are, you know, the creators of our family, but we're not the only ones. Like I just mentioned, there's three little kiddos. And so we are starting to now institute 
quarterly rocks or quarterly goals into their life and make them a part of that as well. And it's amazing. I mean, my boys are four and three and obviously baby girl isn't quite there yet, but the four-year-old and three-year-old, like, man, they are so much more capable than what we give them credit for as parents, just in speaking in generalities. And it it dawned on me a while back, my four-year-old was, he came home from school and he was saying something. I kind of looked at him and I was like, where in the world did you learn that from? And it was so far beyond what I could comprehend that he could do. And it was just a good example of, hey man, give them a little bit of, give, dangle that carrot a little bit, you know, show them, uh, show them the right way and get out of their way and let them do it for themselves. And that's something we've really been trying to implement into our children's life is, is the power of choice and letting them make their own decisions and realize that there's consequences that come with that, both good, um, potentially, you know, negative consequences. Obviously, we're not going to let them get hurt, anything like that. But at the same time, it's it's a lot like what we do in business. And we say, hey, we're here to support you. Here's all the resources that you need. Now go be great on your own. And as mom and dad will help be there for you. But at the same time, you got to learn to live and lead and go on your own path as well. So again, it's a lot of crossover with what we're doing at the at the business front as well. Yeah, and it's cool. I was just thinking about this as you were talking about like, you know, creating the vision, executing the vision, whether it's a big vision, whether it's, you know, over the next month or what have you, but letting that sort of be, you know, shared in terms of not only yourself, your wife, but also even like your children, I think is really cool. And it's also illustrative to business owners because you know, sometimes, you know, as leaders or as the entrepreneurs or as the investors, we say, this is the way, this is the path. And we don't really, you know, remember, maybe this is my own self at times, we don't remember that if we surrender, if we let go a little bit and we let someone else step up and show us, you know, sort of their power and their vision, that it might even be greater than perhaps what we would have set forth as well. So I think it's really cool that you're saying, all right, kids like we got four-year-olds we got you know what do you have three you got three and a two four three and two months four three and two months and so what you're saying is look be a part of this with us and think about what type of you know vision could be shared and, and maybe some of it's silly but some of it's like wait a minute you really surprised me right is there anything else that you would add to that you know a mentor of mine told me one time hire really good people and get the hell out of their way and we've tried to bring that philosophy both into CF Capital, but in a way, kind of adapt it and bring it into the, the home life as well and, and say, raise good children, give them the opportunities they need, give them examples and get out of their way and let them learn and, you know, fall on their own. And that's how they're going to be able to, you know, go out and be great by themselves. Mom and dad can't show them the way the, you know, their whole way through life. Cause at some point you got to rip that cord and mom and dad aren't always going to be there. So to me, the earlier they learn, the better and give them a little bit of power of choice along the way. And it's amazing when you allow people to feel like they're a part of the decision-making, how much more they get into it as opposed to just pointing, telling and saying, you know, ruling with an iron fist and saying, this is how it's going to be. And it's, it's incredible the results you'll see in the process. I love it. And you talk about hiring great people and get the hell out of their way. I think about even just how you manage your family, like you have a nanny involved and it's not so that you can be removed, but it's so that you can amplify and so that, you know, your children can get what they need and so that you guys can still do what you need to do, right? We, you and I talk about who, not how all the time. Mm -hmm. And this is a prime example of that. But 
is there any thoughts or, you know, experiences that you'd like to share with regard to your nanny? Because I know you've been with her for a while now. Yeah, she's been with us for three years now. So shout shout out Miss Stacy if she's listening there as go. well. Um, but again, it's an example of just she's she's not our nanny that we, you know, hire on. Like she is legitimately part of our family. When our four-year-old and three-year-old name the people in our family and count the number of people that we have, under our roof. Not only do they include the dog, they include Miss <laughs> Stacy as That's well. Awesome. And we look at it as my wife and I don't say, all right, Miss Stacy, here's what we're going to do today, or here's where you need to take the kids. It's, hey, Miss Stacy, what do you need help with? How do you need to be supported? What's the best way that we can help support you while you're spending time with the kids, while we're spending time at the office? And again, it's amazing the results that we'll see both from our kids, how they, how they, behave and treat Miss Stacy and talk, you know, and, and you just interact with her as well as the amazing ideas that she comes up with and, you know, the activities that they'll go out and do that I would have never even thought of. I didn't even know half of them existed here in our city. <laughs> and next thing I know is my, it's, you know, some of my kids' favorite places. So it's another good example of, of just saying in a leadership position, you know, you're really there to support. You're not, you're not there to tell people what to do. It's to support them in what they want to be doing and need to be doing. Yeah, and if you have the right people, they'll take that and run with it. And if you don't, I think it shows itself pretty quickly and you know everybody can part ways and do their own thing. But Absolutely. it almost seems like it's like a culture, right? Just as it would be in a company or in our company, as an example with CF Capital, it's it's about setting the culture of not only having fun and, and goofing off at times and cracking jokes, but also a standard of excellence, right? And, and but also, you know, a, a standard of creativity. It's almost like you're giving the space for not only Miss Stacy, as you call her, uh, or your children to be a part of that creativity or to create that culture with you and alongside of you, or maybe even lead you at times, I think there's a lot of value in that. And to me, like, that's what true leadership is. It's not about, hey, follow me. It's about sometimes you might need to follow them, right? What do you, no, is there anything no you add to that? No doubt about it. And a lot of times, a lot of the best ways for me to learn, even as a parent, is just to sit back and observe. There's times where I'll just sit back and kind of be a fly on the wall and observe what's happening and say, man, this is, this is great stuff. This is things that I need to be implementing when I'm spending time with my children and or gosh look it looks like they need support this way or that way and here's how i can add value so yeah it is absolutely a culture and it's something that you know whether it's at home or at the workplace we're always trying to implement and lean into that culture so tell me this i mean as as i mean i get a front row view of this every day like the commitment the diligence and the consistency that you bring seven days a week is amazing it's phenomenal and one of the things that I hear a lot is, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for this. I can't do that because of this, this, and this. And you're just not that type of person who makes excuses, whether it's to get things done in business, to get that next deal across the finish line, to put the offers out there, to make the calls, to send the emails, to you know do what it takes to accomplish rocks or goals or, or even set new rocks or goals or even just share that vision or sit down for a podcast. I mean, with three kids, with a growing business, with all these things that we have going on, I mean, tell me about how are you fitting in not only just all of that stuff, but how are you still like, you're still 
engaging in personal development, personal growth. You're still educating yourself. You're still challenging yourself to think different, but you're also inputting new information and perhaps repetitious information of things that you've already learned. And you're, you know, you're recentering yourself along that. So could you talk a little bit about how are you fitting that in? How are you making that happen? What, how has your schedule changed over the past couple of years and so forth? Uh, maybe you could speak a little bit about that. Sure. Well, first off, I appreciate the kind words and know that the feeling is mutual and I, I can't imagine how much, you know, that you accomplish in a day. So I'm just trying to keep up most <laughs> of the time. Um, it's a good competition, by the way. <laughs> it's good to have accountability partners in all seriousness. Yeah. Like it is good to have accountability partners, whether that's accountability at home on, on my side, it's my wife, whether it's my children, they hold me accountable, whether it's business partners like yourself or other third party um, providers that we have or third party partners that accountability goes a long way. But really, I mean, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm no different than you. I'm no different than any of the listeners. We all have 168, 168 hours in every week, the same as Bezos and the president and any other leader you want to point to. We all have the same amount of time. That's the one thing nobody can get more of and one thing no one can give back and have less of. So it's really about, again, I mentioned it at the start of the podcast, it's being intentional, being intentional with that time and ensuring that I'm maximizing it at all times. And that that could be, you know, first thing in the morning, that's later in the evenings, that's on the weekends, whatever it is that I need to be doing, it's being intentional and that there's no lost time there. A lot of that goes back to, to planning and just being, you know, being aware of what needs to get done. Also, it, it gets back to having great partners, whether it's yourself in business, whether it's my wife or our nanny, Miss Stacy, like you talked about, it's leaning on the, what I will call my, the who's in my life as well. You talk about the book, Who Not How. I know a lot on this podcast and it's something that you and I have really been trying to implement in, um, in our day-to-day in our business. And it's kind of looking around and saying, okay, what do I have to get done? What does Brian have to get done? Who can help me get those things done? And where can I support and add value to ensure that those items get done? Um, so it's a mixture of that. It's it's a competitive edge and just drivenness that I think I've always had as a, as a person and as a kiddo. And when you get older in life, it kind of stacks on itself. And you talk about personal development. It's like you read one book and you're like, man, that is good. That is, that is really good. <laughs> I've never looked at it in that point of view. And you listen to podcasts and, and someone that, you know, you went to that podcast because an author of a book you just read was there. And then they say, oh, well, I got an idea from this other book. And you're like, well, damn, if he got an idea from that, or <laughs> she got an idea there, let me go get that too. And it just, it just you know, it compounds on itself. Um, I know you talked about the uh, a podcast a couple of weeks ago about compounding. And it's, it's, it's the same thing in, in knowledge and business. It's always just pushing and going forward and being intentional with those 168 hours that we all have. Yeah, no, that's really well said. And it's actually super insightful because, you know, it's not just about you doing everything, but you still do accomplish a lot individually. And obviously as being a key component to the team and to multiple teams in your life, like all the different things that are important to you, whether it's your family, whether it's CF capital, whether it's, you know, 
you know, really contributing in the community, being a friend, being a brother, being a son and all these things, not only just all of the professional things. So I think that's really powerful. But one of the things to me that really stands out is your drive truthfully. And like you talked about the competitive, you know, just really just the truth of who you are, you know, to the core. But like, if you were to really describe that drive, like if maybe there's just a guess and maybe there's just a curious nature of this question to say, well, where does that come from? Like, where is that drive? Cause it's not, not every, maybe not everyone brings it out, but I don't, I don't know if everyone has the level of drive that you have. It's almost like my dog, Bruno, like this German shepherd. I mean, like if you see this dog around a ball, like he is going to get the ball at all costs. Like there's no doubt in his mind that ball is his. And if there's three balls in the yard, he's going to corner them and they're going to become his and no one's going to get it. And if the ball is moving, he's going to grab that ball. And it's the same thing with, you know, with you and just your commitment to excellence across everything. So where does that drive come from? I think it comes from a handful of different places. Now, nowadays, as a father, it's okay. Show show them how to you know go out and work hard and and hustle and grind and really make things happen. Previously, I mean, like a lot of adolescent boys, it's competition. It's to say, hey, look, I'm going to be better than you are, <laughs> right. and there's nothing you can do about it. Like I'm going to get. You know, whether it's a sporting event, whether I don't care if it's we're running on the treadmill next to one another, I'm going to go harder, faster, <laughs> longer, whatever it takes. But in all seriousness, you know, you you grow up, you mature some, you realize that at least I have in my life, um, my faith has gotten deeper and I've been given a certain amount of gifts from the big guy upstairs. Uh, I think I have no more or better gifts than someone else. I just have kind of shined a light on my gifts and say, where do I fit in at? And how can I best amplify those gifts? And where, where do I play on the team the best? And then it's, and then it's go be great with those gifts that you've been given. You know, everyone always uses baseball analogies in our, in our business world, right. whatever it is. No one, no one wants to talk about soccer. No one wants to talk about <laughs> basketball. When it's it comes true. to commercial real estate, man, it's what inning are we in? What this, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's always baseball. And so the way I look at it is, you know, pick a position, whatever position you want to be, whether catcher, center fielder, whatever, you got to have a balance to be a really great team. You can't have all King Griffey juniors, you know, on the team, you got to have people, you got to have a great pitcher. You got to have a catcher first base, all, you know, the whole thing. And so it's figure out where you're at on that team and be the best damn teammate that you can be there. And to me, it gets back to, again, my drive comes back to accountability and to say, hey, man, like I am, Tyler supports me. Like you support me, you support my wife, you support my kids more than you probably realize. And you know what? I'm going to be right there for you and I'm going to support you and I'm going to support Katie and shout out Bruno. I'm going to support you too, Bruno. And make <laughs> sure right. you get a couple extra balls. <laughs> so it, it, it gets back to that too, man. It's a, it's a conglomerate of I'm, I'm competitive to a fault sometimes, but also I really want, I really want to give back in a world in a big way because again, God has blessed me with talents and he's been able to kind of open my eyes to things like personal development. And then it's go be great at those things so you can support other 
other people and make it a better place. Yeah. And you keep going back to accountability and it's actually lighting. It's like that light bulb is coming up in my mind and it's actually, I'm legitimately asking you these questions because I really am curious. And it's like, I don't, these are not loaded questions. I'm like, I know exactly what he's going to say and this is going to make for a great podcast and all this <laughs> stuff. But I'm, I'm like, wow, that that's so true. Like the accountability factor is amazing because you know, even if you're super driven, you're hyper driven and you are competitive and maybe there's a little bit of uh, immaturity and to some degree in that hyper competitive adolescent thinking, as you mentioned, but as you continue to grow, there's obviously gifts in that. And, and it's not about, I believe in business, it's not about necessarily competing. It's about creating, but using that energy in a way that you are, you're competing with yourself. You're competing with your previous version of yourself. You're competing with the previous version of your company, your team is competing with the previous version of itself. And it's not competing in that, you know, I hate this other person or I hate this other company or I hate my quote unquote competitors and then I'm gonna crush them at all costs. It's just that I demand more of myself and I find, you know, value in continuing to grow in that capacity. But, you know, the accountability factor to me, it, it really does seem like it's that cornerstone in that when it becomes more than just about you and like your ego of like, I won and I went faster and I did more, then something magical happens. Cause when you're, you know, you're doing this to say, look, it's not just about me, but when I do this, other people benefit. That's why like one of the things you and I love about our sort of tagline or our purpose behind our business is elevating communities together. And it's not just about us, but it can be about each other's families. It can be about, the families that are involved in the properties that we acquire, the families that are involved, you know, who invest with us, the families that are involved in living near the properties that we invest or all of these things. I mean, like there's so much, there's so many dominoes. And I just think that that accountability, like I'm just realizing it like to a really high degree in this conversation, that accountability allows you to become greater. And to me, that's like, dude, the abundance mentality is like at play right then. Everybody wins. What would you add to that? It, it all gets back to that. You just said it at the very end there, the abundance mentality. And it's almost if you just put, think about it in your own terms and yourself and how far can you go, it's almost a selfish mentality, which will get you a certain, you know, you're, you're going to hit a ceiling if that's your mentality. But with the abundance mentality, there is no ceiling. Like you just keep going and it doesn't, it never stops. And, and that's not something that I was born with by any means. And it has definitely been something that I've had to grow into um, recently. And I can't remember if we've talked about it in the past, but it's something that, that definitely sticks with me. It's an old, I believe, African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's something that I've really tried to implement in my life. And I think when one of the original episodes we talked about kind of our plans and intentionality and it was probably 10 years ago I said all right I'm going to I set out on this quest and I'm going to become you know I'm going to launch my own private equity firm and it's going to buy up all kinds of multifamily and I'm going to be the CEO and all these people are going to work for me and it and it makes me realize and almost you can see me <laughs> laughing now at myself how green I was and and how thankfully my viewpoint has shifted um, because I certainly wouldn't have found success if that continued to be my viewpoint because it really is that abundance mindset and mentality and going out and supporting others and having other folks hold us accountable. Um, and what's cool about our industry is, you know, there's, there's competition to a certain degree, but we say it all the time. 
I, I, I truly, and I truly believe this, we don't have competitors. We have nothing but colleagues. Like that's what's so unique about our industry is we can be entrepreneurial and go out and just because there's other groups that are buying similar type of assets and properties we are like we can do deals with them we can do deals outside of them we can share our partners with them and they can share their partners with us and we do this all the time we have i have conversations all the time with groups that are just like ours and all we do is talk and just share best practices and say what are you doing what are we doing like how can we all raise the bar together and how can something that you're doing make me better and hey here's something that i'm i'm doing that we found success with now you take it and you go implement it and you be better and you make your firm better and company and all of your residents and your family and yada 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 and make and just make everybody better and have that abundance mentality like you're talking about yeah and i think that there's a certain healthy level of competition to where you're it's almost like you're driven in like hey you know like i was i actually this this past weekend i was playing one-on-one basketball which i haven't done in forever but it was so much fun because i was with this guy and a friend of mine it's actually the husband of uh you know this woman that my wife works with and we were playing basketball in his new basketball goal. And it was a blast because, you know, you just, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said about the competitive juices that flow and he's very competitive, but it was like, it was a competition in that we were, you know, both trying to obviously, you know, beat each other in the basketball game, but it wasn't like, I'm going to stomp on you when I win, I'm going to gloat, I'm going to make fun of you. But it's almost like this thing where it's like the spirit of competition that's like fun. And like, that's kind of, I feel like there's sort of an ascension in, in commercial real estate that you Mm -hmm. see, like, especially when you kind of rise those ranks and you ascend those ranks, you like, you look around and it's not like, Hey, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to put you out of business. It's like, Hey, let's see what you do. Let's see what you do. And like, let's support each other. And then when you get there, like, Hey, I'll connect you in this way. And I think that's really cool. But I also was thinking about, you know, cause the other side of that is like driven by fear. I almost think that the competitiveness of like, I'm going to stomp you out is driven mostly by fear. And to me, I don't think there's near the upside when you're driven by inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I almost look at it back and, and I don't know who said this or who mentioned this, but uh, it's enlightened self-interest. If you think about it, I think it may have been John Azraf, which, which big shout out to John Azraf as a former Elevate guest, but he talks about enlightened self-interest in being, well, the abundance mentality obviously benefits you, right? Because you're giving, but you're also receiving. And so I think it's an enlightened self-interest when you step into that. And so I just think there's a lot of value in that. But as as we continue to grow, I want to switch gears a little bit because the vehicle, right? The vehicle for us is real estate. The vehicle for us is multifamily real estate. And we've had a lot of success lately. We have a ton of momentum. And I don't don't know about you. I know that we talk about this all the time, but any of the listeners, you know, momentum is almost one of the most important components in real estate and in business in general. And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about what we've been up to recently. Obviously, we just closed a 250 unit deal last week. We've got another deal that we're tracking on closing here within the next month, month and a half. We've got tons of things in the pipeline. So I want to talk about what we're working on, maybe a brief case study on a deal that we just closed a little bit, some of the hiccups we ran into, some of the challenges, how we source the deal, that kind of stuff. But I also want to talk about from there, what else we're seeing in the environment so that we can give the listeners a sense of, hey, what's going on between our noggins? I think we've got a couple things going on in there, right? We've got at least one or two thoughts that we could share. So where would you like to start? Would you like to start on the deal that we just closed and maybe just a quick synopsis there? 
Yeah, sure. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, let's talk about let's talk about what you just mentioned. That to me, we'll kind of talk high level and drill it back down. We are we are in the relationship business, is what I always say. I'm not in as much the the uh, multifamily or apartment business. I'm in the relationship business. Now, multifamily apartments, that's our widget, but at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. And really, we're farmers. We planted seeds years ago, and you talk about that momentum, well, it's harvest season, and some of those are, yeah. are coming to sow now. Um, because it's it's not an industry where you can just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm gonna make a few phone calls in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna start putting deals together and go out and you know really build a build a business uh, like what we're doing. Like we're not running around just quote what I'd say quote unquote doing deals, but really building a business and being intentional about it and and developing those relationships. And some of those take years and years of deposits. And I don't know if we ever get to cash any of them on some of them, but hopefully we can support other folks along the way. Um, so what are we seeing kind of in the environment? What are we doing with some of our current deals? Um, well, kind of high level, the environment, it's been an interesting 12 to 18 months. Um, no, no doubt, doubt about it. About it. <laughs> um, we could spend another three podcasts talking about that um, and how some macroeconomic trends and how they are influencing our kind of micro little sector of the commercial real estate world. But I'll kind of try to drill it down into that 90 second overview, essentially, commercial real estate on itself, uh, you can't look at holistically because what's happening in the you know retail world, the office world, the hospitality world, very different than what's happening in our industry. Uh, multifamily is perceived um, safety for a lot of investors and a lot of institutional players. So you're seeing a tremendous flood of capital come in. And about a year and a half ago, we thought, we might see some pricing discounts given what was going on with COVID. Those have actually uh, matured into pricing premiums in a lot of ways. And you've got a lot of individual or a lot of groups that are either coming into multifamily for the first time or just doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on multifamily and saying enough, enough of these other sectors. I want nothing but multifamily and nothing but industrial. And so it comes down to how do you separate yourself from the herd there? And it gets back to what I was just talking about is relationships. Um, we have, like you said, we just closed a deal, 250 unit deal over in the state of Indiana. And that was purely relationship driven. That wasn't a deal that was broadly blasted out onto the market. It was something that came to us, kind of what we in our industry call pocket listing from a broker who had a great relationship with that owner. We do have another um, opportunity that we have under contract that we'll be closing on here in a couple months that was a direct to seller type of opportunity. And again, it's all relationship based for us. It, it gets back to, to what I mentioned that it's not as much we're in commercial real estate, we're in relationships and how can we help support people? How can we help support these sellers and get them the, you know, from their point of view, the disposition prices that they need to hit their internal goals? And how can we structure it for, on our end, uh, the correct acquisition price to support our partners and our investors? So it's a very dynamic world. We joke a lot that we'll get information on Monday and by Thursday, it seems like it's old news and <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. And, uh, you know, we'll have a conversation. We'll say, oh gosh, did you, did you see that draft of, you know, an investment summary or a pro forma model? And 
man, if you're not looking at the most recent one, you might as well be looking at a different <laughs> deal because things are just, it's, it's, I think, a sign of what's happening truly across, across the nation, across the world right now is things are just happening so fast and things are so dynamic and the flow of information in today's world um, is just so much quicker than it's ever been. So you've always got to have your finger on the pulse. You've got to have those relationships. You've got to have third-party relationships like, guys in insurance or guys in the debt fields or property management, you have to have the most current information to date. Otherwise, you're going to get blown past. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And it's just, we're going through a rapid transformation of not only the economy domestically, internationally, it's all connected, of course, but you look at like the level of liquidity that's been injected into the environment, which is still, we're still seeing lagging indicators. And of course, like you and I are, we're nerds about this stuff. Like we, we pay attention to it constantly, but we have to remain consistent with how we're reviewing and we're, you know, gleaning insights based on what's happening because it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing, but we also have to make sort of bets, so to speak, about where things are going and read the tea leaves about where things may go next. Right. And one of the things that I know you and I have talked a lot about is inflation. And, you know, I, I know a lot of real estate investors and investors and people in general, you know, whether they understand what inflation truly is or not, are feeling it, right? You're seeing mm -hmm. costs rise for consumer goods. You're seeing costs rise in the grocery stores. You're, of course, seeing costs rise in lumber prices lumber. and, yep. and new right. construction. I, I mean, I know you guys are finishing up building a new home right now. And many people who are involved in, you know, new construction of their own home or just buying a home. I mean, it's crazy what people are seeing in that environment, but it all is interconnected. And we see this in multifamily and it results in rising rents. It results in compressed cap rates. It results in, you know, insurance, uh, not insurance. Well, that's another topic for discussion. We could talk about the volatility there, um, but it, it results in, in interest rates, perhaps to a certain degree. And so I just think it's really interesting and there's no shortage of intellectual you know, I guess nuggets there in terms of things to learn, but it's a constant, it's a constant learning process, but it comes down to, you were talking about accountability earlier, surrounding yourself with people who, who not only will hold you accountable, but also 
can give you insights based on their expertise because we can't know everything all at once. You know what I mean? Is there anything you would say to that? No, you're absolutely right. And I think it's something that we all we all don't do enough is, is just slow down and spend some time in thought. You and I definitely say, do not do enough of that. <laughs> and say, you know, you know I, I almost try to time block um, in my schedule and say, let's educate myself. How can I either read something? How can I have a conversation with you know, a professional in, a, in an industry that touches ours or a, a third-party provider within our industry and just give me, give me your expertise, your guidance, your advisory, and then you can do that every day and then step back and say, how is this influencing everything else? Because to your point, there's so many different data points out there and you can't pick just one and make all your decisions based on that. You have to surround yourself with folks that are that are in the trenches, folks that have been there, you know, I'd say quote unquote before, there's no really before to what we're going through right now. Like we're, we're living through history. Um, but it's just a matter of, of trying to stay on top of it, trying to stay educated and surrounding yourself with other folks that are as driven and hold you accountable and make sure that you've got your finger on the pulse. Because to your point, we're thinking in bets. We all are on some level. And it's how do all these data points and how does all this flood of information, how can we how can we disseminate that and make the best choices we can based on the information that we have available? And I think what's really cool about this is like the repetition then shows up eventually as a feeling. And mm -hmm. like you and I were talking about this the other day. We have, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars in our pipeline. And I say mm -hmm. in our potential acquisition pipeline. And this is a tremendous amount of multifamily deals in our target markets. And we're blessed to have these type of opportunities to review. But when you and I, we can dig through underwriting. We can dig through the particulars of each asset. We can dig through all of the different factors, but what happens and, and you, we both are seeing this more and more. And I know that many of the listeners who've continued to stack on more experience are starting to feel this, but it's, you, you feel this intuition. You say, look, this deal makes sense. And I can tell you why some reasons, but there's other reasons why I may not be able to, to, to describe to you exactly why. And it's, it's this feeling, all of these data points and all of this time blocking and all of these conversations, they all come together to a point where the cells of your body can feel it. Like you're in alignment with this is the right investment to make. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's almost like you get all green lights all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, like that hit and that hit. And you, we, we joke all the time. Our, typically our first response to a deal is no. <laughs> and our second response is hell no. <laughs> That's um, exactly right. Yeah. And, and it is a matter of repetitions and it's like anything else. You get you get faster at it and better at it. But then when you do, you don't ever think that you're the fastest or the best at it. It's go surround yourself with other folks that, um, you know, are faster than you and are making wiser decisions than you. I was reading. Um, what was it? Stephen Kotler's book, The Art of Impossible. Yes. Is that right? Big shout out to Stephen Kotler. That's right. Uh, former guest here on the show. That's but right. He was interviewing one of the uh, the big wave surfers on it, and he was talking. I think his name yes. was Laird Hamilton. Yes. He was talking about how he was riding like these crazy fifty foot waves, and most people are like, "Holy, you know, cow! Like, <laughs> how can you do that?" And he's like, "Well, I didn't just roll out of bed and start riding 45, 50 foot waves. Like, you missed it when I was on the four foot wave and the five foot wave." and the f six and seven and eight, you know, and all these little ones. And it's not a massive leap 
from me, it was just little things stacked on top of one another. And I think that's getting back to what we've done over the past number of years, really, is all these little things stacked on top of one another to get yourself to that point where you do have that intuition and you can make quick decisions in a constantly and dynamically changing world right now, but also have those relationships to surround yourself to say, hey, keep pushing me and keep making sure that, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm sharp and uh, otherwise that 50 foot wave is going to come down and crush me. Yeah, right now. no doubt about it. And remaining humble to say, look, yes, we've come a long way and but we still have a long way to go. We're going to continue to learn. We're going to continue to get better. And guess what? There will be lumps along the way. There will be mistakes there. I mean, I can't tell you how many mistakes we've probably made this week that we may or may not be even aware of at this point. But we're you know continuing to get more precise. We're continuing to ask better questions and to consider that, hey, you know what, maybe there's an alternative, maybe there's a new direction, maybe there's an adjustment or a course correction that we need to make in whatever direction it is. So I think that's really cool. But thinking back to, you know, obviously we're talking about from a high level, we're looking around the landscape and we're saying, all right, demand from capital markets, we're looking at assets, we're looking at inflation and assets, we're looking at competition and assets, even though we were talking about competition earlier, from a macro standpoint, there's no doubt that that results in changes in asset prices, cap rates, yields, and so forth. And obviously the same as it relates to equity and sort of demand for a place, right? Because you know, a dollar today is worth much more than a dollar tomorrow. And we're seeing that in real time right now. Mm -hmm. So there's all these fluctuations, but then as we drill down and we say, all right, we find a deal, it feels right, it's in alignment, it checks the boxes for us, and now we're executing, right? When we just purchased this recent deal, you know, we ran into some roadblocks. And it's like, you go into every deal and you expect the unexpected, but it's interesting because every deal is so unique. Every deal has its own challenges. Every deal has its own opportunities. And on this particular deal, it was so funny. I mean, actually, it wasn't funny at the time, but there was a ground lease on this property, a 250 unit property. Um, what else? I mean, we had insurance volatility. It yes. was crazy. I mean, we yes. had pricing that came in like, I mean, I want to say it was like 50 or 60% higher than what we expected. Yes. Obviously, ultimately, we solved that issue, but it was really interesting. What would you say about that? Yeah, I think it gets back and really speaks to the power of partners. You just mentioned it a minute ago about being humble and realizing that we can't do it on on our own. And it's like, yeah, as a, as a young guy, you think you're going to take on the world. But in this industry, it's like, no kidding. Like, we have to have partners. You, you mentioned earlier, too. We can't know everything about everything. We have to have best in class partners that help us jump over those hurdles. And when we run into insurance issues, we have to go to our partners and say, help us solve this. What there, there, here is our challenge. Let's identify it. Let's discuss what we're gonna do and let's solve it. Let's not all freak out and run around. Let's get to the root of this thing. And it just gets back to in our world and, and we're very blessed to have amazing partners but again, I think that's a, it's a pretty good metaphor for life in general, kind of tying it back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, like you have to have great partners outside your firm. You have to have great partners like yourself inside the firm. You got to have a great partner at home because if I don't have a great partner at home, I can't show up here. Um, but yeah, getting back to getting back to things that we solved along the way, I, it's, it's, it's something that we are constantly navigating. You always talk about it, that a a flight is really only on course at the beginning, at takeoff, and at ending. And along the way, it is constantly course correcting. 99% of the time your plane is off course, 
and you're really leaning and you are leaning on professionals to help get you back on course whether you're a pilot you're talking to the guys on the ground you're talking to aviation whoever just like in our world we are talking to this morning we have called with the debt professionals tomorrow i got a call with a property management team the day after that the insurance guys so it's constantly leaning on those partners and making sure we're putting them in a position and supporting them so that they can then support us and ensure that we can land this plane together. One thing I really wanted to talk to you about on this particular episode was, you know, we were talking about obviously course correcting along the way. There's all of these different different professionals that we surround ourselves with. There's all these relationships that keep us or bring us back on track when 99% of the time we need to make a quick course correction. One of the things that's obviously critical in this business is deal flow, it's it's acquisitions, it's making things happen, obviously on an asset management perspective and executing on a business plan, but you can never execute on the business plan unless you make an acquisition. One of the things that I think that you are outstanding at in your own activity within our business is building on relationships with brokers and communicating with brokers and really just facilitating the environment for business creation. So are there any tips or, you know, things that you'd like to share that really have served you? Obviously you and I have the background of being brokers previously. um, And so obviously that served you in this regard, but is there anything in particular that really stands out that's really served you as you've continued to stack on this? Well, our background is unique, no doubt about that. Um, So it helps kind of put us on the same playing field but really even if we didn't have that background it's a matter of it's a matter of how to how to best support other folks and it's speaking their language and to say hey you know this individual helps control a lot of the deal flow these brokers do in our industry and so what can i do to make their life easier what can i do to support them and make sure that you know they're incentivized properly that they get paid and these guys all primarily work on commission so they're not getting paid unless a deal gets done so it's either it's either you know obviously buying deals through them is a big one but it's just talking their language and understanding and respecting them and knowing you know how we can help them and it it gets down to adding value um and i've had multiple guys call me and say oh you know i've never thought about that or hey no one's ever told me that before and it's because i think part of it is our background and we we've walked a mile in those shoes but it's it's i always try to take the the mindset of how can i add value to that person because they're not going to add value to me unless i help them out along the way and if i just take 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 yeah you might get it you might get away with it once twice but that's not that's not sustainable in the long run and it gets you know, it's one of those things. If if you put enough deposits in, someday that check's going to cash for you and you don't know when it's going to be and you can't go into it with the mindset of, okay, well, I'm going to give. When am I going to get this back? When am I going to get this back? You got to just give. You just got to keep giving. Just always be giving. And it's a lot with what we do with our, you know, education-based marketing system. Like give, just give, support people, help people, value add, and at the end of the day, you'll get it sometime in the long run. Yeah. And man, there's so much good stuff there. I mean, one of the things that really comes to mind is being valuable to valuable people. Yes. I mean, man, I mean, it's, it's basically a principle, you know, we could talk about all the new shiny tactics, this, that, and the other, but 
it's about principles. It's about helping other people and, and bringing expertise. You know, if you have an expertise as your background suggests that you do bring that to someone else and give that to them, allow them to serve their client to a better capacity. That's going to allow them to be effective and it's going to allow them to be more valuable. Another example of the abundance mindset in action. So I just, I just think that's awesome. And man, I just, you know, you're talking about speaking their language, making their life easier and so forth. But this is a compounding effort. This is a compounding activity. The other thing that you do is you get back to people quickly. You give them feedback so that there's no ambiguity. Right. The other thing that I, I want to dive into just briefly before we you know, transition and, and wrap today's episode up, because this has been super good, by the way, this has been really, really good. But in terms of your own, give me a sense of your own, how your mind works, because like we have heavy deal flow, heavy, heavy deal flow. You lead us in acquisitions and we look at many deals every week. And obviously we're executing business plans. We're raising capital. We're making things happen, not only at the properties that we own, but we're making things happen in due diligence and all these different things. But we're also sifting through deals, not only feeling it, but you know, intellectually understanding. Mm -hmm. Give me a sense for, of, compartmentalization is there is there a level of compartmentalization that your mind works with so that you can focus you talked about time blocking earlier maybe this has to do with this but give me a sense of how your mind works and how you're able to extract enough understanding to be able to make effective decisions across different projects like that well there has to be and we're in horse country and the best way for me to describe it is blinders you have to put blinders on and we've said it a handful of times but you have to be intentional so when it's time to be in acquisition mode and to talk to brokers and to help add value and give them feedback and help them communicate with their owners or make introduction it's all about that i'm not thinking about what i'm doing that night the following day i'm not thinking about the asset management role of our business i'm not thinking about the financing i'm thinking about that and only that and that's the biggest that's the biggest piece of feedback is in today's world there's just so many distractions out there and it seems so simple to be like hey yeah just don't get distracted but <laughs> it is we live in a world where you pick up this phone you know like something crazy it's like 500 times a day just to look at it look at it look at it and it's being intentional about saying these are my things i have to get done today and i'm going to put on blinders and get them done and i try to do it's, it's a pretty easy mantra, but it's, hey, do the hard things first. Like if you've got three, four, five things to do today, get everything done, try to get everything done before noon that day. That way you're a successful day. Your day is successful before you hit lunchtime. And then everything else after that is almost like you're just cleaning up the pieces on some point. But you, you have to time block. You have to have you have to build in gaps um, and, and just be intentional with every minute, every bit of those 168 hours that you have all week long. Man, I got to give you a big shout out because your organization, your diligence, your perseverance, your intentionality is second to none. And I am grateful to be your business partner. I'm grateful for everything that we're creating. And this is one of the reasons why I feel so good about selling quote unquote our company selling what we're doing selling our vision and I, I mean that in the the greatest service mentality sense that I could mm -hmm. and you know when we're raising capital when we're inviting investors to invest alongside us I know that together and with our team 
like we will do whatever it takes. We do whatever it takes. And yes, you know, we show up every single day, but I think it's, it's so cool. And, and it's, it's one of those things too, where it's, you're in such alignment to execution. It's not just, we're, we're not selling snake oil. You know what I mean? We're not selling something that's going to take advantage of someone, but we're offering opportunities to people who want to participate in real estate with all, without all the headaches, right? We deal with these headaches and sometimes we get better as a result because problems are gifts, right? Problems and challenges can actually be, you know, the silver lining so that we can become better so that we can actually receive a blessing that we would have never imagined before. But to me, as being sort of our investor relations, you know, individual who really, you know, serves and supports the people that invest alongside us, by the way, of course, we're participating, we invest in every single one of our deals as well. And it's great because the abundance mentality can then be applied in this capacity. But to me, it's like, man, I have no problem because if this opportunity makes sense for certain people, or if these opportunities that we participate in make sense for people, then that's great. And if not, there's no attachment. I have literally no attachment because the world, money, finance, real estate, everything is unlimited. It's unlimited. And so to me, it's just so exciting. And uh, I get to do what I love every single day. And that's connect with people and help them build a bigger future and a greater future. But that comes with this teamwork that comes with this accountability that comes with this intentionality. And it's all interrelated. Like we talk about personal development, personal growth. We talk about you know, your kids having goals and things like that, like this is all interrelated. That's why I'm so passionate about having these conversations because the more that we have them, the more people realize, well, wait a minute, I can join that. I can create my own thing. We can collaborate. We don't have to compete with each other. We don't have to stop each other out, but together we're better. So man, I, I just wanted to give you that acknowledgement, but is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share? Is there anything that we didn't cover today before we wrap? Oh gosh, I mean, we could keep going and going. Um, there's a lot we didn't cover. A lot we lo I look forward to covering. Hopefully, in future episodes. Um, and I do want to note. You know, you said earlier, uh, canned responses, things like that. I want to make sure everyone knows. While, while we work together every day, while we're in person doing this, I had no idea what <laughs> we were going to talk about today. And that's the best way to do it. It's be authentic. Be authentic to yourself. You know, uh, be authentic to others. Always have that serving mindset. It was, hey, let's let's come in, let's put the headsets on, and let's see how we can add value to the listeners today. What can we do to help bring them value in their day? But man, as as far as parting words, you know, there's been something that I've been trying to live recently, and 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 I'm very great thankful for the kind words you just said, and it's. But it's really, I've been trying to live in a state of gratitude. And I wish everyone, um, not to get all philosophical, but I wish everyone would live in more of a state of gratitude. Because like I talked earlier, there's so many distractions in this world. And there's so much you get wrapped up in and you think that you need to be doing or should be doing. But really, it's about slowing down and focusing on the positives and being a happier person and finding kind of finding your way in this world and finding the things that fill your cup up. Because... That's what you're going to be excellent at. That's what we, that's why you ask about my dedication. I can be dedicated and I can spend hours and hours and you're getting emails from me at all different times of the week because I love it. Like I love doing this and this is something that I, I, I enjoy doing, but it's, it's because I live in a state of gratitude as well. And we, we talked about this about a month ago. Um, 
you know, in, in January, everyone goes through their new routine and sets their new goals. And you hear people say, oh, I'm going to do no negative January. I'm not going to have any negativity this week or this day or maybe this whole month. And I kind of thought to myself, well, why does it have to be just January? Let's just, I just came off of no negative June. Like I'm going to do my best. Don't, don't, don't foresee that I, I was, didn't have negative thoughts throughout, but catch yourself, you know, and kind of refocus that energy into the happier things and the positives that we have. And there's a get and what, when you find yourself and caught up in one of those challenges that you're talking about and you know, and you're in the midst of a deal or you have a challenge at home, there's a gift in every challenge. We say that to one another all the time, find the gift in this challenge. I don't know what it is. Sometimes you got to peel a lot of layers of that <laughs> onion back to find that gift, but know that if you find it, it's going to make you better in the moment. And more importantly, it's going to make you better in the future too. And that th those challenges will become easier hurdles to overcome in the future. And you can actually use those as an asset for yourself going forward. Yeah. And you're retraining your brain to look for them. And once you look for something, as you, when you seek, you find, right? That, that's, that's a, it's a biblical reference and it's, you know, that's timeless wisdom and it's true, right? So put it into act, you know, put it into action, put it into practice. And when you seek, you know, the gift in a challenge, you'll find that when you seek the problem in everything, when you seek the lack in your life and the lack of, you know, resources that you have, you get more of that as well. And so I think there's so much value in that. And it comes down to vibration as well. But go ahead. Yeah. Now you're talking my language. You've, you've seen in my office, I have one of my one of my favorite quotes from the Bible. Um, it, it hangs on my wall. Matthew chapter seven, verse seven, where he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find, knocketh, and it shall be opened unto you. And it gets back to exactly that and retraining your brain and your mind and asking for things and seeking things and knocking on those doors. Yeah, and it's super cool because you can literally trace science, you can literally trace biology, you can trace all the stuff to what you just shared, not only philosophically, spiritually, and all these things, but then when you start to align yourself and you frame yourself, to a vision of gratitude and you allow life to unfold in vibrating on that type of wavelength, as corny as it sounds, that's when things start to get easier. That's when things start to move. And that's when momentum starts to carry you through. You're talking about, you're talking about riding 50 foot waves. This is about riding 50 foot waves in life and in business and in real estate and all these things. So man, I'm just super grateful for you. I'm super grateful to have had this opportunity. I wanna invite the listeners, if you have not already, go check out our ebook go to cfcapllc.com. It's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. That's right. And the reason why we wrote this book is not only to educate and, and put the abundance mentality into practice, but it's to show people what is it that we do? What are some things that we do to a multifamily property to add value so that when people invest alongside us, they can receive that upside as well. And so I think it's a beautiful thing. But Brian, is there anywhere else where listeners can learn more about you or anything else that you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. At our company website, cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. In addition to our ebook, come Sign up for our newsletter. We talk, we send something out every month, what's going on in our worlds, both personally, both professionally. We share um, news articles that we find very valuable, 
come sign up for our blog. We write blogs a couple times a month and share that kind of information. And really, that's a good peek behind the curtain for us. But we have all kinds of information on our website. From there, you can find our personal Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, where we're very active and we just want to stay engaged with the audience. So please come reach out. I, I, I love it when I get the emails that someone has blocked time on my calendar. We have a feature on our website where you can come and you can book time with us, spend 15 minutes, spend a half hour this week with us, ask us questions about specific deals, ask us questions high level, just come, come geek out with me and talk macroeconomics with me and what's going on in this world. And a lot of the times when I get to just kind of ramble, I, I come to my own realizations and it helps me in the end by serving, serving you guys. So just come find us, come reach out and we'd love to connect. Yeah. And draft off our relationships, draft off our commitment, our perseverance, our diligence, our organization, our team, because together, you know, there's opportunities where you could potentially invest with us in the future. So again, I just want to echo what Brian just said, just go visit cfcapllc.com because man, we're just getting started. There's a lot of big things in our future. And uh, we invite the listener to join us on that uh, because that's the way to find out about deals. That's the way to find out about opportunities. Everybody talks about how there's no deals. There's no good deals out there. Guess what? We have them. We continue to find them. We continue to source them. And so it is our honor to do that. But Brian, next time, I can't wait to see the evolution of what you become in round four because each and every time, man, you keep getting better. So cheers to you. Cheers to the Flaherty family that just growing like a weed. And uh, my friend, I appreciate you being on Elevate. Uh, and until next time, we'll see you then. Thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.